Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Woo! Okay, today is a special treat for you. Today I am talking with Adrian Nolan-Smith. She is so knowledgeable. We had a long, full conversation and it is packed with education surrounding your your health, your health care, mental health, integrative medicine, functional medicine, diet changes, everything that goes into the total uh, health and, and the total person. And so this is a topic I've been diving so much more into in my personal life after um, experiencing pregnancy loss, after experiencing different chronic skin issues, and finally saying, I'm ready to take control of my health. I'm ready to take charge in this area. I feel like I've always just kind of been fine and, you know, taking it lightly and not really totally committed in this area. But sometimes life shakes you and it makes you say, you know what, it's time to just stop messing around and I really want to seek some answers. And so all that said, this was such a helpful conversation for me to learn from. And I think you are going to not only take away a ton of value, but also education and, and applicable information from it as well. So let me tell you a little bit about Adrian, and then we'll dive right into this episode. Adrian is a board-certified patient advocate, speaker, and the founder of WellBe. WellBe is a media company and lifestyle brand aimed at helping people prevent and reverse chronic health issues naturally and bridging the large gap between the wellness movement and the healthcare system. Adrienne's going to tell us more of her story in the episode, so I don't want to spoil it for you, but that gives you a little background on her passion, her heart, and what she does so that all of this, and as you hear about the research she's done and the research she's studied and everything that she offers the world, it'll make a little bit more sense. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Adrienne Nolan-Smith. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Adrian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. I'm happy to be here virtually. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm so thankful to be able to talk, especially um, I am currently on my own kind of functional integrative medicine journey. And so I was really looking forward to getting to talk with you and learn from you and uh, just share you with my community. So I think the best place to start might be, um, do you want to share a little bit of just your story, like a little bit of your background, just so we have context as to what you're going to be sharing with us today? 
Sure, no problem. Um, yeah, my uh, history with integrative and functional medicine and the healthcare system in general um, started over two decades ago. Uh, my first real interaction was having Lyme disease. I was diagnosed as an 11-year-old kid, um, but it was sort of past when antibiotics could quickly nip it in the bud. Um, so I think it's now referred to as sort of chronic Lyme or pr- persistent Lyme. Um, and it really introduced me and my family to the world of integrated medicine. At that time, at that time, there wasn't any functional medicine, so you know it was really stigmatized. To be honest, there was a lot of you know woo-woo alternative <laughs> practitioners, and um, you know we'd gone down a conventional route and took antibiotics anyway with an MD, and it just didn't. You know our systems persisted, and I think our because I was only diagnosed because my younger brother had even more severe Lyme, and they sort of looked at me and were like, hmm, well, maybe that's what's wrong with her, too. Hmm. And um, I was, so we were going through it together, for better or for worse, and my mom was really our, you know, patient advocate at that time. She was really in charge of our care and, you know, finding all of these different doctors and practitioners for us to see, and it took about two years of all of these different integrative therapies, um, some of which I had to travel to, you know, faraway places from New York City, um, hmm. Mankato, Minnesota, like Lancaster, Pennsylvania, wow. San Diego, place, uh, lots of places um, for a couple of weeks at, the t- at a time, usually during the summer if I didn't have to miss any school. Um, and, you know, all of these treatments, I thought my mom was totally insane because hmm. it just seemed like, you know, off the beaten path. But lo and behold, about two years of doing all these different things, I, my Lyme symptoms were in remission and they have been ever since. Um, so I'm one of the lucky ones. I know there's a lot of Lyme patients that just, you know, it's it's a forever, it feels like forever, um, that they're sick. And, uh, fast forward to when I went to college, um, I went to Johns Hopkins down in Baltimore. So I left home and just six months after arriving to college, I lost my period. And the official term is amenorrhea. Mm -hmm. Um, but essentially I let, you know, after a couple months, I had a normal period, probably age 12 to 18. So I was getting a little worried, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of people, I start Googling it. And, and finally, after about six months, I started seeing different doctors. And I was really lucky to be able to see doctors, you know, within Johns Hopkins, some of the best in the world, and then also back home in New York. And I felt like I was going to be in the best, you know, possible place to figure out what was going on with me. And every single one of the, you know, uh, OBGYNs or endocrinologists that I saw all had kind of the same take, which is nothing's really wrong with you. And uh, here's the birth control pill. And, Mm. you know, I'd had enough experience from the Lyme situation, watching my mom really be firm and inquisitive and well-researched and prepared to bring a lot of research to the table myself and say, you know, with all due respect, that's actually not a solution. That's Mm. a Mm. band-aid. What's going on with my body that it's not doing what a completely normal female thing mm-hmm. to do, which is to have a monthly menstruation. Like right. something is wrong and it's trying to tell me and you're not helping me to figure it out. So mm. if you can't help me, then I'm going to find, you know, somebody who will. And even one of them, I entertained them by taking the birth control pill for, I think, three months. And they had this theory that it would kick it back, you know, into gear normally. And sure enough, it did not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up working with, after a year and a half, um, my father found this naturopath or actually she's a functional 
or integrative nutritionist mm-hmm. uh, home in New York. And um, but she orders uh, blood work, and I'll never forget sitting down with her the very first time. I was probably 20 years old, and and just going through all of my blood work was such a different experience. She spent an hour doing it, and just showing me all these clues as to things not being right in my body. Mm. And uh, I ended up doing a you know, supplement and herb protocol with her and also really changing my diet. Um, and she said, do this religiously for six months and, you know, it'll come back. And six months and a day later, it did. Hmm. And it was uh, a really big eye opener to me because it's one thing to experience the healthcare system as a young child. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another thing when you're n- trying to navigate it yourself, as I was hmm. when I was, you know, 19, 20 years old. Um, and it really had a big impact on me that, you know, a white coat doesn't mm-hmm. really mean that they can help you. It's it's kind of a cultural um, experience that I've had to educate myself out of a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to be so prepared um, whenever you go into a healthcare situation. So mm-hmm. um, the last most impactful thing that's happened to me with regard to health and certainly why I'm doing what I'm doing now um, was my mom's illness and battle with uh, schizoaffective disorder. So when I was just graduating from college, uh, she had a massive manic episode. Um, and we, it's a long story, but we ended up having to sort of chase her through the street, through the New York City subway system in the middle of the night and like have my brother wow. restrain her while we called um, the police and an ambulance and a police car came and took her away. We didn't even know they were where they were taking her. Hmm. Um, and it started a three-year nightmare of her being in and out of different mental health care facilities um, and on so many drugs. Like, I just, I had no experience with the mental health care system before, but it is worse than you can imagine. Like, hmm. just how drugged up everybody is and how little um, their, the, the, desire to actually heal anybody is, Hmm. you know, it's Mm -hmm. really just about let's make sure they don't hurt anybody. Hmm. It's like, okay, but what about this person getting their life back? Is Mm. that, you know, is that uh, even on the table here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it really isn't at the moment. Um, And so uh, she finally felt so awful on all of these drugs that had so many side effects. And she, you know, she just felt there was no light at the end of the tunnel for her and when she was when I was 25 she took her life Um, and it was a few days before Christmas and it was a few days also before my applications for business school um, were due and I spent about you know the the previous year um, you know taking different tests and Mm -hmm. gathering recommendations um, and applying and uh, I just you know my world came crashing down and Mm -hmm. It was. Oh, it seemed almost impossible to actually finish any of the applications. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought, you know, okay, well, I guess I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of my friends kind of gathered and said, "No, you're going to get. You're almost done. You just have to like push the end on some of these." Um, and I just rewrote. I tore up all the essays I'd written and just wrote. You know, writing was actually kind of therapeutic for me. It might be for you too at mm-hmm. the time, but just to say like this system is broken it's really broken and I've also seen another system that isn't so broken Hmm. and why can't we have a little bit more of that Hmm. in the American experience Um, and I don't know exactly how but I'm gonna if I get into your school I'm gonna dedicate the rest of my life and certainly all of my time at school 
um, working to fix this problem, these problems um, within the healthcare system and show people that there's a better way. So I was lucky enough to get in somewhere. I went to Northwestern mm. uh, in Chicago. So I moved from New York to Chicago six months after she died. Um, and I spent the whole time there really trying to figure out, you know, what the issues were and working on, you know, meeting anybody I could who wanted to talk about integrative medicine. And functional medicine was just kind of be- becoming a thing. Mm. So I was able to meet some people there. But, you know, this was before Instagram and um, there just wasn't a place that people were talking about this topic. Yeah. Um, and, um, so I met some practitioners and things, but not a lot of people just trying to spread the message and also um, who were building businesses in this space. And so um, I graduated and just because at some point I needed some money, I ended up taking a job with um, a patient engagement software company. So I worked in conventional healthcare with hospitals. So I was in a hospital probably once a week, which was wild. Um, and my clients, which was really ironic, I was working on chronic disease management programs. Oh, wow. And so everything that I kind of thought was wrong, I was able to see, you know, up close and get really familiar with how the system worked. Um, and I can tell you it's as broken as you think, um, actually, and actually a little bit more. Hmm. Um, and so, or as broken as I thought. Hmm. Uh, and so, after about three years there, I just said, you know, I'm not able to make the change I want to make here. Um, it's, the system is a bit too entrenched. Uh, and so I, you know, I saw a lot of people on Instagram and other places finally talking about integrated medicine, holistic lifestyle stuff, functional medicine. And um, I just knew that I had a lot to, to offer in that area that, that was just a personal interest of mine. So I left and I started something called Wellby, uh, which is what I do now. And I also sat for the board exam and became a board certified patient advocate. Um, so I do some limited, you know, client work now with people, um, only really focused on getting them to great integrative and functional medicine doctors and practitioners. But mostly my platform is based on, you know, really, uh, showing the experts in this area, showing the research, showing that I film stories of inspirational, I'm sorry, I film inspirational stories of health recovery through integrative medicine for all real people. That'll just, it's by far my favorite thing that I do. Um, they'll just, you, your job is on the ground for a lot of them. You just can't believe what they've gone through and how they're fine now. It's wild. Wow. And often it can be food-based. It's, it's really pretty wild. Um, and so that's, yeah, that is my story. It's been oh my gosh. a lot of ups and downs, but um, all for, I think, a good, good cause or yeah. a good reason. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next and I stayed on budget. 
Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Can you um, briefly, thank you, first of all, for sharing that. Second of all, I think it would be really helpful. Can you quickly explain to us, because I'm actually not entirely, I'm still pretty new to this space um, personally, but I would love to know, do you, is there a difference between integrative and functional medicine? How would you define those differences? And essentially, what is integrative and or functional? Just what's the difference between that and traditional? Can you give us a little rundown? Sure, no problem. That's a great question. First of all, this space is riddled with terms. It's, I think it's a real disservice to it because before there was integrative and functional, there was alternative and complementary, and then there's also holistic. Um, and so it just, it gets really muddled and confusing for people. Um, but integrative medicine is kind of generally what people use now to describe medicine that uses both um, Western or conventional healthcare tools, which are surgery, radiation, and um, pharmaceutical drugs, which is pretty much our whole conventional system. They don't, they don't use much else. Those are the three tools. Um, and then also uses um, more natural modalities, so things like mind-body therapies, um, 
you know, Chinese, like herbs and supplements and diet-based approaches, meaning, you know, using food as medicine mm-hmm. and uh, things that are, you know, chiropractic adjustments, things that aren't, you know, going into your body, but just, you, you know, uh, affecting it in a way that um, is more gentle, more natural. So those, that's kind of integrative. And then it's like sort of the bridging of the two. And then functional medicine is an offshoot of that, which came about, I think, in like the last 10, 15 years. Um, there's a couple of major doctors who were sort of considered the, the founding fathers of functional medicine. There's a guy, Jeffrey Bland, who's considered to be the person who kind of came up with it. And I think that it was developed because they saw um, no... Uh, very structured protocol, the way that a lot of scientists and conventional healthcare doctors like to see Hmm. for integrative medicine or for natural medicine. So they basically took the same framework that conventional medical schools teach um, and just designed it in a way where you started with natural first Mm -hmm. um, and you really looked for the root cause. Um, It's really I think of it as root cause medicine. So really, why is this person, you know, not having a period? Like, Mm -hmm. what's wrong with their body? Is it thyroid dysfunction? Okay, why is she having thyroid dysfunction? Like, is it it a virus we need to deal with? Is it um, stress that we need to control? Is it um, adrenal fatigue? Okay, why are her adrenals fatigued? Is she lacking iodine? Is she this, she that? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you kind of keep going, and then you can use the combination of supplements and maybe meditation and a particular diet and whatever to get all those root cause things fixed. Mm -hmm. And only when there's an emergency or you can't figure out the root cause and you've tried a million things, do you go to these heavy hitting, Mm -hmm. you know, drugs and surgeries and things like that. So that's kind of the functional medicine approach. And that's actually what a lot of naturopathic physicians actually that's what naturopathic medical schools teach as well. It's kind of a, a hierarchy. So, you, you know, you, st- you, you start with the most natural options first and try to really heal root causes um, and then move up to the more powerful and the more side effects laden, which are the surgeries and the drugs and things like that, only when you have to. Okay. Thank you so much for explaining all of that because that's one thing that I've been learning so much about. And I've had a lot of questions from my community. They, a lot of them know that I'm going through kind of the functional medicine journey and made a lot of diet changes. Um, and it's been a very interesting experience, but I was, you know, attempting to explain, this is my understanding of it, but having that laid out that way is so, so helpful. So thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. And actually, There's one part of it I forgot to answer. One part of your question I didn't answer, and I can do it quickly, which is how how does that differ from the conventional Mm -hmm. or traditional or Western approach? So all of those terms, again, there's a lot of terms on that side too. Um, But let's just say Western, so the Western medicine model that we all know. um, It's only like 100 years old, which is pretty Mm -hmm. crazy. So the whole model that we have right now with the general, you know, the doctors that we go to – so that's all based on basically post-discovery of antibiotics, of penicillin, which was in the 1930s. And they were also enamored with what that could do, right? It could save lives. It was so amazing because people used to die of common infections when they were like 40 years old. And now they mm-hmm. could, kill, you know, kick those infections. So the whole system is based on trying to kill, right? So that's why we use a ton of antibiotics. We use a ton of like symptom suppression, 
So it's like you have a cold, take this like drug cold thing that will make the mucus and the whatever go down, but it doesn't off, like kill off necessarily, uh, or rather it doesn't support the immune system to then be able to kill off the virus itself, right? Hmm, yeah. um, or your arm is messed up. Okay, well, let's like cut this tendon so it can do what it needs to instead of what might be wrong in the rest of your body that's causing your arm to go out in this way? Like maybe it's a hip problem. Let's adjust the whole structure or that sort of thing. So it's like a different, it's more of a symptom management, like pill for an ill kind of thing, which Mm -hmm. is where the trouble comes in with chronic health issues and so amazing for emergency stuff. But that's probably what you experience or what a lot of us have experienced with chronic health issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was interesting when I first went to the functional medicine doctor that I've been working with, um, I was trying to learn quite a bit about well, why is this different? I know it is, but I want to understand. And, um, you know, chronic wise, he, we found he's like, well, you're generally pretty healthy, but you've had these couple of chronic things. Like I'll have like I was having chronic bloating and I didn't even realize that I had that until he had me do this questionnaire. And I was like, yeah, actually, I bloat a lot, you know, and um, different skin things going on. Like it was nothing that was debilitating my life, if that makes sense. Um it was just these weird inconveniences where I would get these random white spots break out all over my back or I would have random flare-ups of cystic acne. Like it would go away for a little while and flare back up and go. So it wasn't going away. You know, it would temporarily subside and then it'd come back. And I wanted to get to the root of that, especially after going through pregnancy loss. It really struck me like, okay, maybe there's like a hormonal imbalance going on because my skin's been talking to me for years and I've just kind of been ignoring it. And Maybe there's not, but I'd at least like to know that. And so it was really interesting to sit and talk with him. And he really, really dove deep into education as well, not just, you know, okay, well, here's a symptom, take this, you know, put this cream on it and it'll go away um, because then it would always come back. That's what I had found for years with my skin stuff. And so getting to the root cause, that was so like different for me to think about because it takes a while too. And that was the other thing I wasn't prepared for. I thought he was going to tell me like that day what the root cause was. And it's, you know, ended up being like a month long process of 20 blood draws and urine samples and all of these things that I was like, dang, but it makes complete sense because they really get into the physiology of what's going on. And they put me on a strict diet to cut out dairy and a lot of inflammatory foods and things like that for my gut health and how their big thing was a lot of these chronic issues sometimes are either originating in the gut. Like as you ask why, like why is the adrenal gland, you know, uh, burst or why is there, you know, why is this problem happening? And then why is that problem happening? And as you ask why, why, why they said so many things end up coming back to the gut, not all things, but found that to be very interesting, especially when it's hormonally linked. And so I've learned a lot about it. And so everything you're sharing, I'm like, yes, it's so interesting. (laughs) I'm like becoming a little like so involved in it myself just because it is so deeply affecting my life and my lifestyle choices and the decisions I've made. And kind of like you shared in the beginning, it sometimes can sound a little woo woo. Like it just feels like if you're not familiar with it, it seems kind of out there and hard to understand. But once you've gone through different chronic illnesses or um, just hard things that you're not getting clear answers on, or you don't have any clear pathway as to how to optimize your health and improve going forward because you don't really know what's causing something, it can be a very frustrating place to find yourself in. And it makes you go, you know what, I think I need to get to the to the root of this, you know, just like we would if we were dealing with other issues in our life, like relationship issues or, you know, if at some point it's okay, am I putting a bandaid on this? Or am I actually healing it from the inside out? Yes, that's exactly it. I felt like I was listening to myself right there. Um, <laughs> it's it's exactly what I what I talk about what I've experienced, um, the band aid versus the root cause. And also, yeah, you got to 
set your expectations and understand that getting to the root cause, like any investigation, I, I liken it to a murder investigation. Like mm-hmm. nobody figures out, you know, for the first time they go to a crime scene who did it. It takes a lot and you have to go kind of pinball around, right, to, mm-hmm. to figure out often who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and follow weird clues and things you're not really sure where they're going. Um, and that's just the same thing I've experienced. And if you're kind of a like a numbers nerd, it's kind of fun to see like, okay, well, does this affect that? And like, mm-hmm. what about that? That's low. And then, mm-hmm. you know, that you can do all of that. And like, actually, I did have the situation back seven years ago where I, this happened. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and that can definitely help. But also, like you said, the gut is the epicenter of all of this so no matter what system is out of whack in your body or what symptoms you might be having so it could even be you know chronic sinus infections or it could just be depression Mm -hmm. or these other things um often the answers really lie in the gut which is so wild and the only reason we are able to even talk about this right now is because of the microbiome project which was this huge government-funded project um in the 2000s um which i'm I'm just so grateful that they finally did this. I'm like, what else do we not know about, mm-hmm. you know, our bodies if they just do a big study on it? Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's the center of everything. We talk about gut health constantly um, on Wellbe. Um, so that's, uh, we actually just had, I think, our second doctor, um, Dr. Pedre, uh, you know, interviewed that came out this week on mm-hmm. gut health. So I have also experienced the things that you experienced And healing my gut was a big part of getting my period back when Mm -hmm. I was in college. Um, I had no idea how much what I was eating and also um, not eating as far as like not adding really nourishing foods at college uh, was doing to my gut and Mm -hmm. how much my body was not okay with that. And it kicked my hormones out of whack. And then, of course, that kicked my menstruation out of whack. So it was a really huge learning experience. But just like you, I had to go through it to believe it. Hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting how your own experience shapes the way you see what <laughs> what this whole thing is. Because, yeah, it's when I found out I had a gluten intolerance and then or a gluten allergy, and they're still trying to find out the severity of it. But and how all of those things link, it just it changes your whole your whole perspective. But that study is so interesting. Okay, I, I seriously feel like I could sit here and talk about this and just like sit here for four hours. So <laughs> we might do that after we stop recording. Um, no, but that is so interesting. And I actually was would be curious to know. I think you talk about just kind of in line with like gut health and these these things we can do and, and changes we can make even to what we're eating and all of that. Um, you said something, um, or I've seen something somewhere where you said something about the hundred choices you make a day are truly your health care. Can you expound upon that a little bit? What do you mean by that? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I think a lot of us kind of um, absentmindedly go through our days with uh, very little attention being paid to, you know, how we're treating our bodies. And then we think of healthcare as like you go for a, a monthly or no, not even probably like an annual or maybe biannual checkup. Um to basically tell you like, yep, you're good. Like all your numbers are fine. They're in range. Uh, nothing to worry about. Like no problem. And we, like you said, we have all these little inconveniences, right? Like little chronic, almost everybody has these little chronic health things going on these days, sadly. Mm-hmm. And they use like a topical cream or like a acid, you know, blocker, or they use Tums or they use like Advil or whatever to just deal with them mm-hmm. to make them go away. Never really thinking about like, 
you know, why is that happening? Like that mm. shouldn't be happening if my body was working correctly. So what I, what I mean by the hundred choices you make a day are truly your healthcare is that we have all the information we need to know that with chronic health conditions, it's 80% what you do every day that determines whether or not you'll have chronic health issues that are plaguing you know, most Americans today, mm. um, but also even just the symptoms that come before the diseases, right? Like if you're, if you leave uh, acid reflux, for example, untreated for a long time, it can lead to like esophageal cancer. We know that. Or like you said, if you leave a skin rash for a long time and just keep kind of, you know, putting creams on it and stuff, like it will not only keep coming back, but it will often spread and give you bloating and then maybe it's also diarrhea and then this and that is and maybe that ends up being like colon cancer when you're mm-hmm. older you know like mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that when you just leave them untreated they will continue to get worse um and so uh i think about you know every single thing you do as medicine um every single thing you do or don't put into your mouth everything every single thought that you allow to come in your head or not hmm. is medicine. Um, whether or not you get up in the morning and use, you know, a bunch of toxic products on your body or right. not, um, or get light right away to set your circadian rhythm so that you have excellent sleep that night. Um, sleep is literally how our, bo- our immune systems repair themselves and get ready for the next day. So if you make that choice and then you let's say you don't do that and you're kind of on your phone in the dark for the first hour or something. Um, and then you have poor sleep that night, you're setting yourself up for a whole bunch of, of chronic health issues, which is really hmm. fascinating. Of course, one night sleep's not going to do it, but you know sure. what I mean? If, if you continue to do it that way, um, if you have a headache and then pop an Advil versus, um, drinking glass of water, understanding maybe it's from gluten that I've been eating. Maybe mm-hmm. I have a gluten issue or um, that I'm drinking too much caffeine and, and that's causing with weird withdrawal symptoms and cutting back on that. And all these things, they're all, I mean, it's actually probably more than a hundred. It's probably like a right. thousand a day. Right. <laughs> um, but, but those are all your real healthcare, mm-hmm. you know, because going to get some blood work, which by the way, a blood test can be so incomplete mm-hmm. um, from most doctors, as I'm sure you know now, from getting a functional blood test, which has so much Oh my gosh, I it. almost passed um, out. They took like 20 vials of blood. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And uh-huh. also like urine samples and saliva samples mm-hmm. and all these other systems that they test that, you know, a routine blood, blood test is not going to show you. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm sure you've had this experience. It's like, a, we'll call you if something's out of range and then mm-hmm. you never hear anything again. And meanwhile, you were like one point above out of range. You know, you had a really low score on something, but because they never called you, you continued to do whatever it was that was making it low, hmm. right? You were, maybe you were low in iron and you continued to not eat like any meat or any iron with vegetables or something like that. And then it actually became a health problem instead of like, you could have easily corrected that when it was just a little low, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things, um, I, I really encourage people to change how they like go through their day because it is all either medicine or poison um, mm, and not just the obvious it. ones like having, you know, like having soda. Of course, people understand at that point that's bad for you, like a cigarette. But even the more subtle stuff, even just the, you know, whether or not you take, whether or not you take enough breaths. Like breath is a huge part of how our nervous systems recalibrate and whether we trigger a lot of cortisol and cortisol when it's spiking constantly puts us into adrenal fatigue. So 
which then kicks out your thyroid. Like all these, it's like a cascading effect um, of all these things because they're quite connected. So the little things matter, and um, yeah, they mm. they can be medicine if you go about your day in a way that's um, really having that in mind. Yeah. And I think that's why the awareness and the understanding of how your body is functioning um, really does make such a big difference. I love how you said that can either be fuel or medicine or it can be poison. Like it's going to be one or the other. It's either going to help further your health or it's going to harm your health. There's not really an in-between. And even some of those things like you mentioned, having a headache and not realizing, oh my gosh, it's all the gluten I've been eating. Um, Because I always thought of if you have an allergy, like if you're lactose intolerant or you have a gluten allergy, that immediately means you eat that and then five minutes later you get a stomach ache because that's how I always understood it. Like that's the effect. And because I never had anything like that, I thought there was no direct link until I learned through functional medicine that um, I I keep saying functional. I know you're on the integrative side, but they're very, I guess, related. They're sisters, I feel like, in so many ways. Um, But, you know, just through a lot of this experience and digging deeper, understanding that if you eat a sandwich and you're gluten, you know, you have a gluten allergy or something, you might not feel the effect of that until the next day or two days later, and it might come in the form of a headache. And I didn't understand, I never understood that. I thought, oh, like I don't get sick after eating something, so I'm fine. But then two days later, I never really understood like, why am I getting these random headaches or, you know, things like that, that you don't necessarily naturally or just like immediately draw the link to until you really start digging in and being a little bit more aware. And then that's what allows you to make better decisions within your lifestyle and your daily habits. So very interesting. Um, I would love to hear also, this is slightly switching gears, but um, I know you talk a little bit about a holistic approach to mental health. Can you uh, expound on that a little bit, especially with your, your experience with your mom and just what that has looked like and what your approach is? Yeah. So um, since I, you know, since her death and since I've gotten into this world of integrative and functional medicine and interviewing so many experts in the space, you know, I didn't know that another way was possible, but I believe that there should be another way that was more healing to the brain. And in the last couple of years, we've made so much progress. And again, I, I, I really uh, believe it's because of the microbiome project. Um and understanding the connection between the gut and the brain. Um, there's actually a nerve called the vagus nerve that runs between them. Um, and the same reason that, you know, if you really are nervous to give a speech or something like that, your stomach might hurt or kind of distend or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that goes the other way as well. So if your gut bacteria is really out of whack or you've eaten something it's really unhappy about, Um, that could put you into, you know, give you symptoms of anxiety or even a panic attack or depression or, you know, even more serious um, uh, mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar, could be induced by um, different things going on in your gut, which are just kind of being researched now. Um, And it's just a whole new area of medicine, which is really fascinating to a lot of people, um, including me. And what I'm mean by, you know, a holistic approach or integrative or functional approach, all of those words mean kind of the same thing. Again, it's root cause medicine, right? Understanding why these symptoms that are happening with your mood or your brain are, you know, where are they really coming from? And there's a lot of different reasons. We just, you know, we believe for a long time, oh, it's just something's out of whack. You know, there's nothing that you can really do. You just have to control this with medication. And what we're learning now is, no, this can be playing. This can be another symptom of an insane gluten allergy, mm-hmm. or somebody who, 
you know, has uh, a really bad viral or parasite or, you know, uh, bacterial infection in their gut. And that has now manifested in brain issues. For example, there's quite a few people with chronic Lyme who also were diagnosed or misdiagnosed with bipolar or these other sorts of uh, erratic behavior type mental illnesses. Mm. We actually told the story of Allie Hilfiger, who's um, Tommy Hilfiger's daughter who had, you know, over a decade of undiagnosed Lyme. And she was put into a mental hospital because they thought she had, you know, bipolar. She was just acting so erratically. Mm. And it took a really brave physician to say, I mean, she happened to be living in Connecticut where Lyme is rampant, who said, you know, I've seen a lot of cases like this. And I think you probably have Lyme. And everybody looked at her like she was crazy. And Allie said, oh, no, I'd been tested. Like, it didn't come back positive. She says, no, the testing's inaccurate. Like, we're going to go further. And sure enough, she had rampant Lyme and all the co-infections and stuff like that. So um, often there, you know, is something causing or a series of things causing um, a lot of the mental illness that we are seeing. Um, Even social isolation they are seeing is like a huge connection to depression uh, because biologically I read this book called Sapiens which is so fascinating hmm. um, biologically when we were exiled from our group back when we were you know hunter-gatherers um, meant it meant that we did something very wrong and we should be ashamed so spending a lot of time alone can often induce you know feelings of great depression because your brain thinks you've done something wrong hmm. um, which is so fascinating because our bodies haven't really caught up to modern times you know right um, so as far as what a functional or integrative psychiatrist would do differently is the same thing that we're talking about with these other kinds of chronic health issues, right? They, they open up the Pandora's box of reasons and they really look under the surface and to all the testing that you've experienced um, and I've experienced and try to understand what clues are there that could be manifesting in mental symptoms. Um, that we can figure out either in the gut or in, you know, the hormonal imbalance, you know, or the hormonal system, the endocrine system, um, or even like mold or heavy toxic metal exposure. Like they're seeing really fascinating stuff with people having these kind of mental illness outbreaks and they've been living with really toxic mold in their home. Hmm. Um, And it's playing out that way. So fascinating area, I think, of medicine. It's really sad how few people are getting to access these kinds of psychiatrists. There's so few. Yeah. Um, and it's not being taught in, you know, um, medical schools yet, mm. uh, yet. which is something, <laughs> which is something I'm, I'm fighting for. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and so it, it's, it's a really different way to look at somebody and say, like, nothing is wrong with you. There's, things going on in you that we need to figure out that are manifesting in mental health symptoms. Hmm. Yeah. Um, And I just, I say, you know, there's no such thing as depression as a diagnosis, right? It's a symptom. Hmm. Something is going on to make you depressed. What's going on? You know, and that could be situational. It could be grief. It could be, like I said, a gut health, like runaway bacteria problem. Um, It could be a severe gluten allergy. It could be that you don't move at all. You know, lack of movement can also um, induce symptoms of depression. So there's lots of things. And it it really takes a good investigative doctor to figure out what those might be. Um, It can even be a severe vitamin D deficiency. They've seen like people who have really low vitamin D feel 
a bit of depression also because you get vitamin D from sunlight, right? So, and it's so, so interesting. But yeah, that's a long winded answer. I know. No, I'm like soaking it in. (laughs) I'm like, teach me more. Tell me more. I love all I love learning all of this because it is something that you kind of hear about here and there, but there's not a whole lot of just um, everyday information like there is in other areas. And so the more we can be aware and the more we can understand, the better. Um, Talking a little bit about that and just the things that you are fighting for. And I know you had mentioned you are a board certified patient advocate. Is that what it's called? Yep. Okay. So can you explain to us a little bit more of the role of that, of a BCPA and then the importance of really the health freedom and patient and caretaker advocacy? I'd like to just, I guess, understand that better and maybe even offer some tips for caregiver support because I'm trying to understand that role and what that looks like in our lives as people. Yeah, of course. So uh, first of all, I think it's very sad that the role had to be created at all. Um, I think it's pretty recent. I think you know, the, the first, I sat, I think, for the first board exam for that, of the BPCA, um, or sorry, BCPA, uh, back in 2018, early 2018. Um, but essentially, I did so because I saw that it was being created, and I'd been working with hospitals um, in the conventional system for three years. So I had a lot of knowledge, a random knowledge about Medicare and Medicaid and insurance and all this stuff um, from that and how it all worked, and hospitals, and discharge protocol, and all this stuff. So I thought, all right, I'm just going to sit for this exam. Like, I don't know exactly how I'm using it, because at the time, I'd already found it Wellbe, and I was, you know, making a lot of content, and um, that was really my focus. But I decided to get the certification, and luckily, I passed the exam. Um, And really, the role of a patient advocate is that the system is really, really broken and screwed up, so much so that they acknowledge, like, the system itself acknowledges that it's screwed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they created this role so that people who are knowledgeable about the healthcare space um, could, in the healthcare system, could help patients who were, were not knowledgeable but now found themselves, it started more for like cancer care and other really serious illnesses um, who were, you know, knee deep in paperwork and doctors and insurance claims and appointments and tests and were really just totally overwhelmed and also kind of being taken advantage of and not taken seriously because people within the system tend to look at patients a little bit like they're stupid, you know, Mm. because they don't know all this stuff. So they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But when they are then faced with somebody who is very familiar with the system and knows the jargon and knows how all everything works, um, they take them much more seriously. So it's sort of like like sending your lawyer to talk to somebody on your behalf. You know, it's kind of like a lawyer for healthcare. Um, they can get to the bottom of a lot of different issues. They can um, ask the tough questions. They can help you evaluate treatment plans and options without you feeling like vulnerable because you only went to one doctor and they're telling you, you got to do this serious thing. And you're kind of like, Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, Sure. You know, Mm -hmm. instead of like someone saying, okay, understood. We have research that says these side effects are quite, you know, profound for this treatment. We're going to get second and third opinion. Thank you for yours. We'll be in touch. You know, it's a different kind of approach. Mm -hmm. It's almost Um, like having a lawyer, I feel like in healthcare. (laughs) Totally. It's like a lawyer for healthcare. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, if you don't have a serious health issue, it's something that can be used a little bit more lightly, like someone that you can just go to with 
questions and second opinions and who can hop on the phone with you and your doctor um, if you just, you know, need that or you're kind of trying, like you said, if you were trying to figure out, let's say, like a fertility issue and you were trying to have a baby um, and you weren't getting anywhere and you were feeling like the you were really lost in the system and you didn't know what to do and you were afraid of all the different things they were, you know, suggesting, you could use somebody like this either for, you know, a couple of months or whatever it is, just kind of bounce ideas off of, have them speak on your behalf, bring research to the table you might not be able to find in like PubMed and these other places um, and just kind of be there for you, you know, advocate mm-hmm. for you and make sure that you get what you want, who's really, you know, working on your behalf. Um, and the idea of health freedom is something that I've been a huge proponent of. Um, and the idea of health freedom is that, you know, just because an insurance company pays for something doesn't mean it's the thing that you should be doing. Hmm. Or just because one doctor says you should be doing this treatment means that you have to. That is not the case. It is about you being the CEO of your body. Like nobody else cares about it or should care about it as much as you do. Um, and also no one else really has any consequences if you end up down a path you shouldn't have gone down, right? It's just you who will suffer. Right. Um, so it's really about putting the power back into the hands of the patient and making sure they understand, like, I am in control. I am allowed to, or I can allow people to partner with me, different practitioners, doctors, whomever. But in the end of the day, I'm, I'm taking in what they're suggesting. I'm doing my own research and I will decide what is, you know, the path I would like to pursue and no one can kind of bully or strong arm me into anything. Hmm. Um, of course, if you're in an emergency room and they're saying you're going to lose that leg, like we got to, right. you know, do this thing, like that's a little bit different, but I'm talking more about chronic health issues where there's right. lots of different paths and lots of different side effects and lots of different things to consider um, before you take any steps. So um, wow. that's really the idea of health freedom to me is that we need to have more people using things like HSAs, for example. Do you do you have one of those? An HSA, like a uh, health a health savings account, like a oh no, like a flex spending account. I don't think so. Yeah, so it's it's uh, some insurance policies, health insurance policies included. I have one. It's I think everybody should have one. I think it's the future. Um, but basically, it's like money that pre-tax money, your money that's set aside for any health expenditures and you have like a debit card. And if you go to a chiropractor or a doctor's office or even a CVS or something, you can swipe it and you can pay for those things with that. And I just think when you put the power and people think about spending their own money on something, Hmm. it's a very different situation when like then insurance companies are getting involved and go get a treatment and then afterward they tell you it was $2,000 and you're like, what, you know, mm-hmm. what? Um, so that's why I think that, you know, money is a big part of health freedom too. Like when you have control, think about like we, we look at the prices on like, berries, you know, we'll choose, mm-hmm. there's two organic berries in a grocery store and one is 40 cents less than the other. Like I buy the cheaper one because mm-hmm. I'm making these pricing decisions, right? I'm paying for it. But when you don't know the cost of things and there's a third party and this isn't covered and that is, then you're out of, you're not empowered. Totally. You know? Yeah. So I, love I think this. like health. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. So anyway, it's very technical. And if you're having, you know, gone through a lot or I think it's even just for annual stuff or any kind of little procedure or whatever, I think it's just so important to um, be kind of 
in control um, and understand that, you know, your health and your body is your property and anything that you might need to do to it um, is your decision. Hmm. I love a couple things that you said. One, I love that you really emphasized First of all, I want to know, where do we find a BCPA? <laughs> where does one find one of them? Um, so that's my first question. The other thing I want to highlight is I just wanted to highlight something that I think you did, that you really hit on that struck me is the idea of being the CEO of your own body and almost running your healthcare. Like even what you just pointed out about how when you are more in control and when you are empowered, even on the financial side, rather than feeling kind of blind in that regard, and there's a third party involved, there's someone else picking up parts of the payment and it can be messy that way. And so the the idea that you are the CEO of your body and that your financial and healthcare decisions are very closely linked and therefore give you more more freedom to make decisions. It's like, I've just thought of, I've never put this together before, but I'm like a little business nerd. I just love talking about business. And it's almost like running and, and approaching your healthcare the same you would if you were running a small business. You would be very selective with the partnerships you made. Is this going to be the most beneficial thing? Is this the most, is this the best way to optimize this? Is this the best way to spend my money, right? Is this the best way to spend my time? Is this what's going to create health? Like, I think it's interesting how we'll think that way when it comes to our careers, but sometimes with our health, it's it's easy or just normal. I don't even know if it's because it's easy. I think it's just so, it's become so normal to, um, just kind of go with the status quo and be like, okay, take that at face value. That's what it is. That's what I've got to do. But no one who's running, you know, a business or an organization or a nonprofit or anything like that would probably make decisions that way, you know? So I just find that link very interesting to almost think of it with that visual. No, that's a great, that's such a great analogy. And I would say on top of that, like when you think about running a small business, when, if you run a small business, or any business, you look at, say, uh, let's take digital marketing, for example. You could get somebody who is just out of college to do different digital marketing activities, right? It's cheaper. um, You know, you could kind of tell them what to do. um, Or you could pay a lot more for somebody who knows exactly what they're doing and they could run with it and bring new ideas to the table and you could feel confident in handing things over to them and all of that, right? Those are very different things. And that's kind of how I think about, you know, what the conventional system has to offer for chronic stuff um, or a functional or integrative approach. Like generally, it's more expensive to access a functional medicine doctor. Like the appointments are long. You know, there's lots of testing. A lot of it's out of pocket. It feels like, oh, so much more. But when you think about the investment of that and what you're getting in the long term for your body Mm -hmm. um, and how much more time they're able to spend with you, um, and the kinds of tests that they are going to run and the investigative work they're going to do. It's just like that. It's, you know, a, just like a business decision. It's, it's a, I think, a much more worthwhile investment. The longevity piece. For sure. And just like a lot of times people go to a lot of the stories of health recovery that I've told for Wellbe that I filmed, you know, they've gone to like 12, sometimes 15 integrative doctors, like this one woman with lupus, another one with MS and this stuff. And all of those were covered on their insurance, sure. But what if they had just gone to a functional medicine doctor first? They would have saved themselves, you know, so many co-pays, so many appointments, so many, you know, so much um, headache and time with insurance bills and all this other stuff. Um, Would they have paid a couple hundred dollars to do that Uh, now looking back? Like, absolutely, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. And they end up there anyway. They end up there at the 15th doctor. They finally go, you know, functional or integrative and and it helps them get better. So um, 
it, I, I just wish people could see that you're spending the mother, money either way. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting and so true. I want to just say something and I would love your input on it, but I've had some pushback whenever I share about functional medicine online. Um, I've not shared a whole lot, but when I've shared anything, for example, on my Instagram story, I've had some pushback from people say like, well, no, my traditional doctor like is really about the whole person and getting to the root cause. And I guess I want to emphasize, at least from my experience, because I have doctors who have been like that too. And so I don't want to say like, this is everyone in the system. But I think what what you are describing is a generality within the how the system has to work based off of how the system is set up. It's not necessarily criticizing every doctor within the system. There are certainly exceptions. Um, but from what I oh, have totally. found... Yeah, I just I think yeah, I think totally. sometimes I've had yeah. some people get on the defensive like, well, no, my doctor's great. And they really do. And there are doctors like that. Absolutely. I've just especially oh, yeah. through going through functional medicine, they've they, a lot of actually both doctors that I work with within functional medicine were traditional doctors first. And so they are even able to say like, there are some incredible doctors, you know, there, a lot of them are incredible doctors in the traditional system. And it's not that they don't want to be able to do this. It's that the way the system is set up and the amount of the patient load that they have and all of the, you know, red tape with insurance and all these different things makes it difficult for them to have this freedom to be able to look at each patient on a deep dive case by case basis. It's not necessarily because they're not good doctors. And I was, I mean, and this is coming from people who were traditional doctors for a long time or in the conventional system. And so I just wanted to highlight that. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I just put that out there just because I think it can be taken out of out of context when we say things or if things are said about, you know, the conventional system being flawed. I mean, every system has flaws in it, but I just want to highlight that doesn't mean every doctor in there is, you know, careless or anything like that. No, not at all. And I could speak about this another three hours. <laughs> but um, no, the system itself is broken. And so there's a lot of really well-intentioned doctors coming up through the system, going to um, conventional medical schools where they teach less than 15 hours of elective, meaning you don't even have to attend um, nutrition courses over four years. Right. So that's not even like basically like a three, three hours or so um, a year. And it's elective um, about nutrition. And so, of course, they don't understand how a lot of chronic health issues, um, you know, come about and they can't really get to the root cause because they're, they're not equipped. Hmm. Um, and it's really sad. And like you said, a lot of functional medicine doctors are MDs who then just got additional training in nutrition and functional medicine and all this stuff so that they could practice this way. Um, but but I think there's a lot of doctors, and we know this from the rates of physician burnout and physician suicide and stuff, which is really sad, mm-hmm. um, who hate working in this environment where you have to see a patient every seven minutes. So that's the average that a wow. physician can spend with a patient, seven minutes. The average functional medicine doctor gets an hour um, in the first visit or longer. Um, and they, they can't investigate in seven minutes. Right. Like They can just prescribe and then... Like, that's all. They got to get you out of there. So um, a lot of people, they don't want to operate this way. They're, they're not equipped. So they also don't feel that confident in what they are doing when they don't really know the nutrition part of it, um, even though some act like they do, which is sort of funny. Um, and then also, they don't have the time they want to spend with the patient to actually get them better. Um, and so and then third, they don't, the, there's so much process involved that they can't even use a lot of um, maybe natural things that don't have as many side effects because they're just not in their arsenal, right? They don't have them in their tool belt. Um, so, yeah, it's so sad. Um, 
And I don't think that they're, you know, that conventional doctors are bad people. They're all like this. And there's plenty of great doctors who want to look at a person with a whole body approach um, and just don't have the time or the education to be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a real travesty. I, like I said, I went to Johns Hopkins, which is like a, you know, big medical school as well. And I have, I'm the only girl in my sorority family who's not a doctor, like hmm. above and below me, like four generations or five generations or something. So I have a lot of friends who are doctors and yeah, it's really hard for them to operate in this system and see what's going on outside of it and wish that they could also transition. But, you know, it, 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 it includes doing more schooling, mm-hmm. right? And they might have a lot of debt anyway from medical school and they just kind of need to work at this point. And so they get into this system and it's really hard to get out of. Hmm. Interesting. So interesting. Okay. I want to ask one last question and that being a little bit more about wellness activism and advocacy in the food system and consumer product space. Um, can you expand? I know you talk a little bit about just reversing the chronic disease epidemic and how that is, uh, I guess, influenced or can be influenced by the food system and the consumer product space. So anything you have to share about that, we'd love to learn. Absolutely. So, you know, I've ranted about the healthcare system for this <laughs> but the food, the food uh, product space or the, the food system in this country, as well as the, the, the consumer product. So everything that we're putting on our skin um, and even our water sources, which is really like largely government controlled, these all feed into what's wrong with us, right? Um, we know that diet and lifestyle accounts for 80% of chronic health issues. Um, it might even be closer to 90% at this point. So um, if that's the case, um, a poor doctor who has a patient that has come in for, you know, three different heart attacks and needs statins and bypass surgery and all this stuff and is eating horribly, um, the doctor is like no match for that. You know, the mm. food is going to overpower the situation. It's always going to win. It's always going to continue to make this person sick. So um, you kind of have to go upstream a little bit. And Dr. Mark Hyman, he's like a famous functional medicine doctor, has a book out about this. So I, this, it's very much on my mind about how the food system is really to blame for a lot of the issues in the healthcare system, um, which, you know, how, how much chronic disease you really have. Um, so the food system and also how many chemicals are in our personal care products. I'm sure you've heard about mm-hmm. like clean beauty and all this stuff and even just cleaning products in our home. And we are just inundated with chemicals, which really makes our toxic burden really high and it makes it hard for our bodies to handle other things that might come in. Um, and so I think you need to be as strong. You need to be a CEO of your body, both when you're interacting with somebody in the healthcare profession, whether it's your daughter or your daughter, your doctor or something like that, or with what you put in your mouth and also what you put on your body, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're making, you're being an activist simply by choosing what to buy. So the more that you reward companies that are not poisoning you, the more those, the more the companies, that's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. The more that you're like, Hey, like there should be like a, like a smoking label on bagels. There really should be. Yeah. Um, so the more you reward companies that don't use, you know, refined sugar and um, GMO canola oil and all these other things that we know are really inflammatory, 
Um, the more you do that, the more you're making those companies grow and making the companies doing it wrong. Like, uh oh, we need to change our ways. We need to start doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and slowly but surely kind of healing the food system. Um, I, I mean, food and consumer products are, you know, kind of the biggest ones. Um, but yeah, I think activism and really empowerment is just as important in a healthcare situation as it is every single day with the, the product that, that you choose and how you spend your money. Yeah. Woo, I am empowered. I'm going to go make sure I'm not paying any companies that are poisoning me. (laughs) But truly, I mean, it's and again, it is one of those things that I was always like, okay, I am not about to clean my toilet with something that doesn't have bleach in it, you know, but um, I, I think making those shifts subtly and not that's probably not the best example. But you know, I always thought like, Oh, well, if it doesn't have all these chemicals, it can't clean. And if you know, and I've had to learn like, okay, if I'm going to use a natural deodorant, it may not be an antiperspirant, I'm going to have to deal with that if I want to preserve, you know, my take control of my health. Like, there's certain I think sacrifices you make, but in the long haul, it's kind of like a short term versus long term decision sometimes. And so I I think I want to ask actually a follow up question to wrap up being and that being, what would you say, you know, for someone who it, it can be a really big lifestyle change. I mean, I have not made this big of a lifestyle change in my entire life until recently of cutting out refined sugar and gl- dairy and gluten and uh, everything pretty much like it's like no alcohol, no eggs, no sugar, no gluten, no wheat, no wow. dairy, no like oh. literally I'm like I can eat meat, vegetables, fruit and like gluten free bread <laughs> or gluten free crackers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. no, I it's a big change and I know is. what you're going through and you're amazing as you go through it. I like keep strong. I, I will say I feel a lot better, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, that's the good part is if you can feel better, it keeps you going. I think. Yes, absolutely. And making those changes in that front, just when it comes to like food choices is one piece, but then also on the product side, you know, slowly sh- switching things out to even just like little things, switching to a natural deodorant. I still haven't completely switched my makeup, uh, skincare line but those are things that I'm in the process of switching out shampoos I've switched out um and cleaning products are still kind of a process but what I have found is to really do this well I've had to take somewhat of a grace-based approach and realize like okay I don't have to completely clean out everything in one false swoop it can be I'm gonna next time I buy a dish soap I'm gonna buy like you know a non-toxic dish soap you know versus a maybe more traditional brand that I would buy and just try to do switch out one thing at a time and so I just thought I would ask you do you have any pieces of advice for someone who's listening to this and thinking I don't want to fund companies that are poisoning me or I don't want to you know I want to be more of an advocate for my health like what would be the best first step to take when it comes to even just the daily decisions not even inside the healthcare system quite yet we've talked a lot about what that can look like to work with them with a functional or integrative doctor but just what are a couple maybe everyday steps that somebody could take to just maybe take a little bit more control of their health in those in those lifestyle choices the, the hundred choices a day if you will um to kind of start making a little bit of progress without feeling like they have to totally you know turn their life upside down over, overnight Yes, um, I love this topic. And actually, despite um, having a lot of more like healthcare and doctor interviews and stuff like that on my site, I also have um, done a, created a lot of content around non-toxic lifestyle stuff because I know that, you know, you might spend a lot of money to go to a functional medicine doctor and they're going to give you a plan of all these things you mm-hmm. have to change. I'm sure you've got one. Oh, yeah. Right? It's like four pages long. <laughs> um, right. It's so overwhelming. Um, and so, but a lot of what's in that plan are the stuff that like are the things that you can do without having gone to a doctor, right? It's a, it's a cleaning up all these products and things like that and, and cleaning up your diet and stuff. Um, of course, 
the testing and stuff from the doctor helps, but a lot of these things you don't need to pay a doctor to start doing at all, mm-hmm. um, and they can have a profound impact on your short-term and long-term health. And so I love this topic so much. I actually have, I created a, it's called the Spark Health Program, and I took people, um, we're actually finishing up next week um, through an eight-week program with all research-supported um, lifestyle changes in eight different modules um, and created this crazy list of vetted non-toxic product brands um, for the participants of the program because I felt like there wasn't a uniform one. Like there's a lot of companies telling you they were clean, but it was really hard to tell, you know, an influencer on Instagram being like, it's cruelty-free and vegan. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't actually tell me what, what's in it. You right. know, like I, I, it's hard to understand. Um, and so I went through and looked at all these different databases and cross-referenced them. And anyway, it was mm. crazy. I probably did way too much work for it. But what was cool that came out of it is that, um, yes, you can do, I mean, there were so many steps of this program that I told the participants, if you do a fraction of this, you're still going to be doing an incredibly, you know, you're going in the right direction and you're still doing a ton for your health because your body is so resilient. Like once you start to take some of these toxins out, it's like, oh yes, this is great. And we'll start operating better and better and better. Hmm. So there's, you know, you don't have to do all or nothing. Like even if you did 10% of the program I just took people through, your body would begin to operate better. That's just the way it goes, um, which is pretty neat. So everyday things that you can do that I think make a big impact. Like I said, um, I'll start with some things that are free. Like when you wake up in the morning, get light immediately because sleep is, you know, the best thing that you can do to repair your body and your circadian rhythm impacts your sleep. And when you get light in the morning, your body knows, okay, now we got to get up and it knows then when to shut it down at night so you can sleep well. Um, So that's free. Um, Also, you know, reducing device time, that's a huge one um, for not only sleep, but mental health and these other uh, things that Again, that, that's free. Um, mm. And then as far as non-toxic products, like you said, you know, anytime you finish something, anytime, whether it's a makeup product, a cleaning product, um, your vacuum breaks, right? Just do your best. Um, I mean, you can come to getwealthy.com. We can probably help you with it or just do your own research or whatever to understand, like, could I be buying, could the replacement be um, you know, with my health in mind. And so, for example, even a vacuum, you want to have one that has a HEPA filter um, because it can get microparticle dust that's toxic in your in your floors and your rugs and stuff that a normal vacuum cannot, which really helps with lots of hormonal issues um, to get that out of your life. So that's a great one. Um, like you were just talking about, Jordan, um, when you finish, you know, uh, a toxic deodorant, you've been thinking about it like maybe this is the time I'm going to look up one that's uh, mm-hmm. cleaner better for me um, and also have expectations that of course it's not going to be the same like if it was the same everyone would be using the natural version right mm-hmm. um, so there will be some sacrifices um, but little by little I would say you can start with getting light first thing in the morning you can start with having a little bit less time on your devices because that makes a huge impact um, and then I would start with cooking meals like cooking meals is such, it, it is a huge percentage of your overall health is determined by what you choose to eat in your 21 meals a week. And so when you cook, you have control over the oils being used. Um, you have control over whether or not it's organic. 
Um, you have control over, you know, whether or not that meat is pasture raised or is fed GMO corn. Like there's just so many things that you can control when you eat at home and it's cheaper too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that would be my third biggest thing. Um, moving frequently, like you don't even have to exercise, just get up, get up a lot, you know, stretch, uh, move around, walk everywhere that you can, um, because we're meant to move constantly. And you'll see like you're, you're sort of in pain, right? After you've been sitting on a plane for a couple hours, mm-hmm. um, like it hurt your back. Like it's, we're not meant to sit. We're actually meant to move all the time. So the more you can do that, um, the better everything operates, um, every single system in your body, including your mental health, but also your physical. Um, so those are just a handful of things like cooking your own meal, getting light first thing in the morning. Um, uh, what did I just say? Um, having less device time. And then I would also add having a really good water filter. So, um, it doesn't have to be a thousand dollars or, you know, even a couple hundred dollars, but just making sure that you have, um, a water filter that actually takes out the contaminants of your zip code because every water system has different contaminants in it. Um, that one's hugely important, uh, because there's just a lot of stuff now in water that harms our health. Hmm. Um, and it's important to filter it out. So would you um, say Brita is an okay filter or do you recommend something else? I mean, I don't want to slam the company, but I would not say that it's an okay filter. Okay. Um, I would say, again, sadly, like you have to be a little bit, uh, at Wellbe, we have a water filter guide uh, that helps you kind of see, uh, you can put in your zip code and see what contaminants are in your water and then try to find um, a filter that takes out either all of them or at least the ones that are really over the limit. Um, and we list like certain cities and the, the, um, uh, water filter that, you know, a couple of water filter options that are good for those cities. I'm not sure we have Indianapolis. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but you could look that up and, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, I think it, obviously it filters out some things, but it's not really, um, I think able to filter out a lot of the major pollutants today. Unfortunately. Good to know. Hey, that's interesting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all the information. And I just feel like you are such a wealth of knowledge and so thankful for all that you've shared with our community. I feel so enlightened. I have learned so much and I have loved going on this journey in my own life and now even learning more and more now getting to share that on a deeper level with my community. So I really appreciate all that you brought to the table here. Where can everyone find you if they want to learn more or check out what you have going on and start taking more control of their personal health? Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I feel like I just, I feel like I'm ranting and raving up here because I get so excited and passionate about this topic. And I feel there's so much that we can change if enough of us Mm -hmm. know, you know, what, what to do. Um, And I love that you, I mean, I'm, uh, not saying I'm happy you had to go through the experience, but I love that it opened your eyes and, and you wanted to kind of dive into it the same way that I did. You know, and once it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're seeing behind the curtain, you're like, wow, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, and so Wellbe is my company. Um, it's Get Wellbe on uh, all social platforms. So I'm active on Instagram, um, Facebook, YouTube, but mostly Instagram. And I'd love to have you, you know, join, um, our newsletter list as I send all of our, you know, a new, um, original content piece or two, usually an investigative guide or an expert, you know, or inspirational story, something like that. Um, once a week at getwellbe.com. Um, and actually also have a podcast, um, the wellbe podcast, right? I put the 
audio versions of my filmed interviews too. So newsletter, podcast, Instagram. I'd love to have whoever's interested in this topic um, come over and check out more. Awesome. Well, I know my community loves you already. And I am so just thankful for all that you've offered us. We appreciate your time. And um, yeah, just thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.